The world that we live in is filled with chaos. We are all searching for meaning in our lives, but we often get lost along the way. We all must ultimately realize that meaning is found in responsibility for our actions, for the way we live our life, and for the people in our lives. We don't have to stay in the chaos. We can choose to bring order to our lives. Join us for a fresh perspective on the practical steps we can take to become who God intended us to be and to realize what our calling is. This is Coming Out of Chaos. Welcome back to the Coming Out of Chaos podcast. My name is Michael Bachlig. I am your host, and I am joined as always by my co-host and good friend, Bryce Kirk. I am back in the upper room at St. Nicholas Orthodox Church in Springdale, Arkansas. And it's hard to believe, but it's been almost exactly a year since we recorded our first episode together in this room. I am currently sitting in what we've come to call the upper room, and time really flies when you're having fun. From my point of view, I've just been having a blast. It's been a lot of fun recording this podcast with you over the past year, Bryce. Yeah, absolutely. It's been, you know, it's been an experience, to say the least. Um, (laughs) I remember sitting in the room with you, and we gave it our first go, and you know, there's a lot that we've learned since then. And it's been, it's been a ride to say the least. Um, you know, and unfortunately I'm not there in the upper room with you. I'm actually in the lower room of my house right now. So flipping spots, but it's just been a really good time and being able to discuss, you know, some wonderful topics with some great guests, you know, father Steven and father Andrew from Lord of spirits, father Joseph and father Michael from on the battlefield our spiritual advisor to the Antiochian men, Father Hans, Bishop Nicholas, and your father, your dad, Father Timothy. You know, like being able to have all these guys on, being able to talk to them, hear their experiences, you know, many of them are converts, um, you know, and being able to kind of understand, you know, where they're coming from, where you and I are now, you know, these are clergymen and we're lay people. And a lot of the time it was difficult for me initially to get out of the spectator seat Mm. because you and I were a part of these conversations and, you know, being able to learn from these things and being able to hear feedback from our friends and family, um, you know, getting input, people, you know, really getting something out of it. Like, I don't know about you, Michael, but that's really humbling. And, you know, I've, I've met several random people at retreats at the Parish Life Conference who, you know, they don't recognize me by my face. They recognize me by my voice. And <laughs> You've called it your Fraser Crane moment. to Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right. Um, you know, it's, it's crazy to like to think it was a year ago. It doesn't feel that long, but at the same time, it, it feels like much longer, you know? So I'm looking forward to hopefully God willing, being able to do a lot more of these and expanding on these and being able to uh, not only hear what you guys have to say as far as what it's done for you, but, you know, where Michael and I can continue to grow and and improve ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And and I want to agree with what you said. It's been a super humbling experience to just hear from people where, you know, I've attended Dyson events and and people will come up to to yourself, Bryce, or to me and, and talk about the podcast and the fact that they're listening and it just blows me away every time. You've even mentioned, Bryce, sometimes you forget that you actually do these and it takes you <laughs> by surprise, right? Like yeah. you you don't even really think about it. 
but it, it's really been a blessing to do this and, and to think that people actually care enough to listen. So I want to send a big, big thank you out to all of our listeners, those that have stuck with us Absolutely. You know, over this past year. We've learned so much. We've had a lot of fun and hopefully you know, God willing, you are getting something out of this. And if nothing else, feeling connected to other men that are out there, they're going through, you know, the battles that we face on a daily basis. It's really been a surreal experience. I can honestly say I never would have thought that I'd be the co-host of a podcast a few years ago, you know, especially the kind of podcast that we've created for the Antiochian men with coming out of chaos creating the first podcast launched under the banner of Amen and the Diocese of Miami in the Southeast is it's just a really special thing. And I don't think I've heard of a podcast being launched in any other Orthodox Christian diocese with the blessing of its bishop. So this is really kind of a first of its kind in that way. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's it's also a first of its kind in terms of the kind of content we have covered that is just so relevant to the very real struggles that men are going through these days. Wouldn't you say, Bryce? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, when I was thinking about this earlier today, there's a lot of content out there. Thank God. You know, there's, there's many people putting out a lot of really valuable resources. You know, when we were doing our pre-show prep, you know, and talking about Lord of Spirits um, with Father Andrew Stephen Damick and Father Stephen DeYoung, like, that podcast to very many people has been an absolutely fantastic resource, you know, and on the battlefield, as we mentioned before, um, our life in Christ was one on ancient faith radio that really got me going when I was a catechumen. Myself as well. I remember, I remember listening to that podcast, Bryce, when I was starting to take my faith more seriously, you mentioned our life in Christ. And, and for me, it was really the conversion experience that I needed. Even though I've been in the church my whole life, I could relate to having that conversion experience. And podcasts like Our Life in Christ really left a, a really deep impact on me. So I, I can relate to you there. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, being able to just hear from kind of normal everyday people, right? I, I remember I was listening to a commentary on a podcast once. It wasn't an Orthodox podcast. It was a secular podcast, but the guys talking, they were saying, you know, people give them feedback and it, it sounds like they're, they're friends with these guys. Like these are the guys that they know. And, you know, one thing that I've hoped when we embarked on this project was what we're saying relates to people, right? Like you and I can relate to each other in our personal conversations. And most of the time the podcasts really do feel like that. And, you know, at the back of our minds, we know we have an audience, but we just really want to get good content out there. And we really want to make sure that, you know, it's, it's really reaching people and it's reaching ourselves as well. Yeah. And I, I really think that reaching ourselves has been the kind of the hidden blessing in doing this, because as we've talked about a lot of these things, I know it's, it's helped me raise the bar for myself. It's, it's helped me take a step back and, and take a look at my own spiritual life, right. in ways that I can recommit to some of these things we've been talking about, because as you've said before, Bryce, you know, we can fall flat on our face sometimes and you and I are no exception to that. And to be talking about this, this content, to be talking about the topics that we've discussed, it's really brought to the forefront of my mind the things that I should really put at the top of my priority list on a daily basis. So it's, it's again, been a hidden blessing in my own spiritual life, in my interaction with my wife and with my children and with my church community. So, 
you know, we're, I feel like maybe getting more out of it than we initially thought we would when we started this podcast. So what a blessing, what a blessing it's been. Absolutely. And, you know, mentioning the fact that it's been a year, right. Uh, neither of us are necessarily in the same place that we were a year ago, whether that means physically speaking, or it means spiritually or maturity or whatever it means. Right. And for myself, like I'm not in the community that I converted in, you know, I'm, I'm kind of on my own right now and being able to look back at, you know, some of these episodes that we've done and, and looking to resources that other people have put out there, it's been an encouraging spot, you know, and, and not that it's, it's an isolation, but in a way it's a way of recalibrating where I'm at and where I'm going. And I hope to you listening out there, you know, you're, you're able to take some of these things that we talk about and, you know, you talk with your spiritual father, you know, you attend church services and you kind of begin to realize where you're at and where you need to be going and, and what's next, right? What's, what's the priority? Yeah, exactly. Bryce, you know, we've, we've worked together in the Antiochian men for more than three years now. And one of the things that just makes men's ministry so challenging is that, as you know, Bryce, men have so many different things that are just pulling them in different directions all the time these days. Men work all different kinds of schedules, like even just work schedules. Some people work during normal business hours. Some people, you know, they work maybe in the evenings. Some even work overnight. Some have multiple jobs. You know, a lot of men are students. Bryce, you were a student here just until very recently. Yeah. And some have careers while they're also going to the school at the same time. And that was me for a while. I had, you know, a full-time job. I was going to school. I was married. I had kids at the same time. A lot of things to manage. And, you know, some of the men out there are, are, are trying to balance all of these things. So when you talk about what men's ministry is, it's complicated because men are in different seasons of life, right? Some of them are married. Some of them have children to provide for. And we've all been under so much more pressure ever since COVID hit you know, a little over two years ago with all the uncertainty that's out there. And and we have even recently heard that there are signs we may be entering an economic recession. You know, when we started the Antiochian Men and when it was founded, one of the things we wanted to start doing from day one was just offering a wide variety of things for the men to engage with. And those have really taken a lot of different forms over the last three plus years. And some examples are, you know, the virtual events, the in-person events that we've talked about, We've had many fellowship events, both in-person and virtual. We've done book discussions. We've done Bible studies. You know, we've talked a lot about the videos on our YouTube channel. And now this podcast has been added as yet another way that our men can stay connected to our brotherhood wherever they are and whenever they can fit it into their schedules. And that's one way that I think we've been able to just be successful with providing a lot of different options for the men that are out there in all different seasons of life and different situations with their family. You know, we want to be able to be accessible. We want to connect with people and to provide options and also a variety of things that they can engage with. I was recently thinking back to the very first episode that we did for this podcast, and we titled that The Problem with Podcasts. I don't know if you even remember that, Bryce. That was, again, a year ago, but it seems like forever ago. And now a full year later, I've seen the positive side of what a podcast can do for men who feel isolated and disconnected from other men. You know, we've received a lot of great feedback from our podcast episodes thus far. And, 
it's been very encouraging for me personally to hear that men are just getting something out of this. I mean, what, what a humbling thing and how amazing that anything that we could do could be there for somebody who might be, you know, again, juggling so many things in their day-to-day lives. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I think there's a, I guess a common joke around a lot of people my age is a lot of young men, a lot of young people in general, I think are just kind of spitting out podcasts left and right, you know, and they can kind of be a dime a dozen, I suppose, depending on what it is, right? There's a, there's a podcast for everything. Um, and this is, this is kind of uncharted territory that we've gone into. Yeah. Not that, not that people haven't podcasted before, not that people haven't done this platform before, right? This, this style, but the content and where it's at. And, you know, I just think that at times people can become engulfed in them. My hope is that some of the men who have been listening have been able to apply a lot of what we've been talking about. And like I said before, ourselves included, right? Like being able to recenter, recalibrate ourselves, um, not just by going back to listen, but really going back and, and taking the step forward, right? It kind of reminds me of when I was in jazz band in middle school. And I'd listen to songs all the time, all the time, trying to listen for the parts that I would play on. And early on, I, I would never listen to it. I'd be listening to the trumpet section. I'd be listening to the drums. I'd be listening to something else. But as I went back and I went back with purpose, I was able to learn the parts that I needed to learn. And through that, I became better at what I was doing. And so I hope that analogy, perhaps as clumsy as it sounds, really does help um, when it comes to becoming a member of a brotherhood at a local parish, right? Like that's what matters and being able to take this stuff, apply it to yourself personally, obviously, but being there for your brothers, right? Being able to serve your parish and at, at our parish, Michael, I guess my former parish, you know, we've had a lot, a lot of young people coming in, a lot of men coming in from all different walks of life. Many who were not Christians before they came, many who came from another confession, single men, married men, men with children, right? They're looking for something more than themselves. And those are the places to find it and being able to have solid men's groups in place, right? With the blessing of your priest, that's at the end of the day, that's really what gets the ball going. Yeah. And I love what you said about the importance of being in brotherhood, but you know, Bryce, I was just talking to somebody last Sunday, a member of, of St. Nicholas Church here in Springdale, a longtime member, and he was he came up to me kind of apologizing for not being able to participate in a lot of our, you know, brotherhood activities here at the parish. And and he's an older guy. He um, recently actually changed jobs. He had been working, you know, more than 60 hours a week during the week, and it was a really hard labor intensive job. And, you know, he was he felt bad that he couldn't come and engage with us, you know, in attending some of our fellowship events, the men's breakfast that we've we've been doing. And he's been, you know, wanting to do that. And he said, you know, I promise I'm going to be doing that. And, you know, I told him, look, we're here for you no matter what. We're here and we're praying for you. And everybody's in a different place. You know, some people have a very demanding work schedule and we understand it just may not be possible to come and engage with us, especially at every single event that we're maybe doing at the parish but I don't want people maybe listening to this to feel bad if you're in a similar situation and you, you know, you're doing everything you possibly can to provide for your family. And it just takes, you know, more than 40 hours in a week or seven days a week. You know, a lot of guys are in that place. 
uh, just know that this too shall pass. Like you said, Bryce, Mm -hmm. it may be something you're going through now where you do have to kind of step it up and spend a lot more hours than maybe it's above average, right? But maybe when that season of life shifts, remember your church family and your community is there for you. If you don't have one, maybe that's the time to start looking for one. You know, when you, when you do have a little bit more bandwidth, the value of actually being a part of a brotherhood and going in and talking to other men, it, it really is bearing each other's burdens and it allows us to really approach life in a much more balanced way when we know that there's other guys out there that are there for us to maybe talk to, to vent to, to just have someone to kind of bend their ear about the struggles that you're dealing with and, and all those extra hours you're having to put in. You know, don't feel bad if you're listening to this and you haven't been able to spend the time that you would like to. But when those opportunities present themselves, I would encourage you to really go after it, to really commit yourself and just know that, you know, your, your current situation, it may not last forever. In fact, likely it'll shift. And when that shift happens, look for ways that you can engage with the church. That would be my advice. Yeah. You know, I think every little bit helps. Right. Um, me, myself, I don't have a set parish community at the moment. You know, I'm in kind of a transition phase of life here. And in my mind, any chance I get that I can be at church, that I can help out, say, with chanting or whatever it may be, that's a step forward. And sometimes it can be uncomfortable, right? You can step into a situation where you may not know anybody. You know, you may initially have trouble connecting, but a lot of our life, if not all of our life, is about perseverance, right? And the difficulties that come from that, they do pay dividends, you know? And I, I think it's very honorable to the men who are putting in a lot of time trying to provide for their families, trying to do what they deem to be the right thing. And, you know, if I was in the same situation, I would I would like to try and put myself in those shoes. But, you know, Michael, like you said, man, it's it's about being able to be involved where you can and when you can. Yeah. And as time passes, maybe other opportunities open up. You know, I mean, I know we've seen that at our parish. There's been a few guys who've been members for years who have recently really started to pick up the pace and not just for the sake of doing it, but because they wanted to help fill a need. And, you know, they had people to help them do that. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, things like this podcast, I think for someone who is maybe in a very busy season of life, you know, it's, it's a blessing because I've heard from so many that have just said, hey, I put this on on the way to work. And, you know, it's it's been a really good help to me to feel connected. So I just want to thank those of you out there that are doing that, that are, you know, still connected to us. You're still a part of our brotherhood, no matter what what you're doing or how busy you are. Just know that you are an Antiochian man if you're listening to this and you are a part of our brotherhood. And Bryce, you know, we've talked about in this podcast a lot of important things. I think we've covered some really important topics, and our topic today promises to be another good one. We've talked about spiritual warfare in some of our past episodes, and we've even shared some examples of how this can manifest in our daily lives. And some of our guests, especially the episode, the On the Battlefield crossover comes to mind, where Father Michael Marcantoni and Father Joseph Collins had some incredible insights about what spiritual warfare is and some practical things that we could think about. But Bryce and I thought it would be good to do an episode talking about the topic of spiritual warfare as it relates to us as men. And 
as we prepared for this episode, we thought we were going to do it in one. But I think what this is going to turn into is a multi-episode series because Bryce, you and I were talking about this in the prep. It's it's such a big topic and, and everything that we did to prepare for this, it really only just scratched the surface, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, we've said before, like, we're not, we're not priests, we're not clergy, we're not experts, but, you know, we, we are Orthodox men, we do have experiences. And, uh, you know, anecdotally, those experiences matter. But at the same time, you know, there's, there's a lot that I think that we can address. And I think that we can talk about and, you know, our hope is that it is helpful. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's dive into this topic, Bryce. The the concept of spiritual warfare, and I know that we've in in our preparation have talked a lot about different quotes from the church fathers. We've even, you know, done some research with some books on the topic. And I wanted to start with something from Saint Silouan. And you know, I I was reading a few different quotes from Saint Silouan, and when you listen to some of the things he says, if you read some of his quotes, and really. St. Silouan in our entire Orthodox tradition talk about spiritual life entailing spiritual warfare. They're really synonymous. You can't have spiritual life without spiritual warfare. Right. So this is a primary point that we have to fully acknowledge and accept as we try to live our lives in Christ. For the majority of believers, this spiritual warfare refers primarily to the encounter with evil thoughts. For example, St. Philotheos of Mount Sinai teaches... And this is a quote, it is by means of thoughts that the spirits of evil wage a secret war against the soul. For since the soul is invisible, these malicious powers naturally attack it invisibly. And Bryce, I want to stop right there with that quote, because I think one of the most important things that we as men need to recognize is that this is war, right? We're talking about, in some cases, intense, intense warfare that happens in our day-to-day lives. And I think one of the barriers, Bryce, that I know I've faced, especially in my younger days, is I wasn't really thinking much about the spiritual realm and how my actions were really affecting myself in a spiritual way, right? We talked in past episodes about how these days a lot of people have a very flat and secular materialist philosophy of the world. And this is something that's even in the opening of the Lord of Spirits podcast that you mentioned. And really, especially in my younger days, Bryce, when I was just going about my daily life, it was easy to kind of get sucked into that mentality that that there isn't a spiritual world and that my actions in the world were just that, actions in a material existence, right? And that if angels and demons really exist, you know, I couldn't see them, and I didn't necessarily connect the fact that they might be involved in my day-to-day life, right? Yeah, I think, you know, you can get into this mindset or this idea that it's, if one were to believe it does happen, then it's it's far away from you. You're not directly involved in that, right? Even in my former confession, though, I had this understanding of there is something that goes on. There is this idea of a very thin veil between material reality and spiritual reality, right? And that can, that can make it seem very far away, but very, very close at the same time. But the reality of that is, and us as Orthodox, I think, really do 
hit the nail on this, right? Is that it's active, it's not passive, and that it occurs daily, if not all the time, right? For us as people, we can be assailed by all sorts of different things. And what St. Philotheos of Mount Sinai says right there is, you know, the mean of thoughts that the spirits of evil wage a secret war against the soul, right? It is thoughts that really do tend to harass us, really do tend to get into our head, no pun intended. And that reminds me of a quote from St. Paisios of Mount Athos, where he says that thoughts are like airplanes flying in the air. If you ignore them, there is no problem. If you pay attention to them, you create an airport inside your head and permit them to land. Yeah, and that quote from St. Paisios is such a good one. We've actually quoted that in a past episode, and I'm glad that you brought that up again. Mm -hmm. You know, talking about this, especially this topic about thoughts, and and we've had guests on the Lord of Spirits episode that we had, the crossover with Father Andrew and Father Stephen. We we talked about this, about how thoughts primarily come to us from the spiritual realm. And in the ancient world, they really understood this. And in these days, I really think people just don't think this way anymore. I want to go to another quote here. This is from St. Silouan. And in this, he states very succinctly, he says, the enemy uses intrusive thoughts to deceive us. Elder Sophroni also refers to the same thing in his teaching. He quotes directly from St. Paul, who wrote, we wrestle against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And then Elder Sophroni continues, quote, The spirit of wickedness in high places rushes to attack the contrite heart and mind now stayed on God. Brazenly, it invades us, creating the impression that the thoughts and the feelings brought by the enemy are our own. Indeed, after the fall, he says, there is something in us that does respond to demonic suggestions. And Bryce, you know, that goes back to a lot of what we talked about in past episodes about, first of all, thoughts. You know, in this quote, it actually says that they invade us. They rush to attack us. You know, this is terminology that you hear in warfare, right? This concept of invasion. And if you think about thoughts invading our mind, they're being sent from somewhere, which means there's an enemy. And St. Paul talked about we wrestle against principalities, against powers, right against the rulers of darkness. We're talking about demons there, right? Yeah, and we we did an episode on demons before, uh, a few months back. So in mentioning demons, right, there is this constant assailment from them. There's always something that may be invading your mind, you know, these thoughts that may be invading your mind. And and you need to know that they, they don't really come from us, right? And as you mentioned Early people knew this rather well. They didn't try to overanalyze it. They didn't try to, I guess, get to the point of it in a really roundabout type of way. They understood it in very simple terms. But one thing that I really like that you said, Michael, and and I think this is really pertinent to discussion, is the use of the word wrestle. Mm. And I think this speaks to the struggle in its simplest terms, and that it's something that we must subdue. It involves... It involves subduing something. It involves a constant struggle that will not be easy. You know, I remember going to high school wrestling meets and watching my friends wrestle and just seeing the absolute beating that some of these guys would take. Yeah. You know, but 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 there was a degree of valor, one might say, 
of of persistence that needed to be had. And you know, we we wrestle with our thoughts and we wrestle with temptation, but we don't do these through our own power. We do them through the help of God. And we must do our best. And sure we'll fall. It doesn't mean that we lost the war. It means we got wounded, I suppose. And it also makes me think of this quote from St. Silouan, where he says, understand two thoughts and fear them. One says you are a saint. The other says you won't be saved. Both of these thoughts are from the enemy and there is no truth in them. But think this way, I am a great sinner, but the Lord is merciful. He loves his people very much and he will forgive my sins. You know, these, these thoughts will continue to assail us. They can be what we might deem to be really, really good thoughts. And they might be what we would deem to be terrible thoughts. They might tell you you are one thing. They might tell you you're another. They might tell you that you're perfect. They might tell you that you're beyond redemption, but neither is true. Yeah, Bryce, and and I love what you said about the fact that, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that you've lost the war, right? If you maybe have, have fallen on your face, right? There's many battles that happen in a war. I think we take a lot of our analogies from the history of warfare when we talk about spiritual warfare and for good reason. You know, it is it is a war. It's something that takes a long period of time. And, and I remember, you know, even talking to you in the prep about different events in human history where at the beginning of a war, a lot of people thought, you know, that war wouldn't take very long. It would be over pretty quickly. But, you know, just like spiritual warfare, it tends to drag on. It tends to to be a really intense day after day struggle. Uh, you know, this wrestling takes place for the long term. So this isn't talking about a short battle and then it's over. I think, Bryce, you mentioned something about the Civil War to me, right? When that first broke out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, if anybody, any, any of you know, kind of, you know, leading up to the war and and finally the first couple battles, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of the Battle of Bull Run or the Battle of Manassas, wherever you're from. Uh, people from Washington, D.C. pulled up in, uh, you know, their big wagons, um, their carts to watch the battle. People thought it was going to be over really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple weeks, a couple months, then it's over. Four years later, <laughs> across four long years, it finally ended. Yeah. And as time went on, I think people in general... You know, the public, men who are fighting the war, the generals, leaders on both sides began to understand, you know, this is a this is going to be a long conflict. And people were faced with difficult decisions in that time, you know, especially the idea of thinking that this is going to go on for a long time. And, you know, I've, I've never been to war, but in thinking of spiritual warfare, it is a constant struggle and it's something that we may gain a minor victory over initially, at least something that we may deem to be a minor victory over. And then (laughs) boom, 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 boom. One after the other, after the other, we might fall continuously every time in a row, but we get up and we press on, right? Yeah. And and one book too, that is really, really helpful on this topic. It's a book called Unseen Warfare. And I know Bryce, you did a lot of research in that book and, and there's a great quote in that book. And you sent me this before this recording. And I wanted to read this here. The author of the book writes, quote, so prepare yourself for this struggle and this warfare and know that the crown attainment of your desired aim is given to none except the valiant among warriors and wrestlers, unquote. 
And that's from page 80 of Unseen Warfare. And that book is really an amazing book. There's so much in that that we could do many podcast episodes about. But that quote right there, it speaks exactly to what you were just talking about. It uses this term wrestlers and warriors and, and, you know, valiance. You know, there's real masculine virtues that are at play when we talk about going to war. Whether that's going into an actual war with guns and ammunition or whether it's going into spiritual warfare with demons, right? It takes courage. It takes valor. And one of the things I wanted to bring up, Bryce, and I'd love your thoughts on this, when we're actually engaging in spiritual warfare, right, there's an enemy. And that enemy is demonic powers. They are demons. And what the demons want us to do is when we start the process of fighting against those demons... They want us to feel like it is overwhelming and they want us to just take a seat, right? And it takes courage to push through that because when we actually start doing, for example, the ascetic disciplines that the church prescribes, and we did another episode on, you know, talking about great Lent and Mm -hmm. the things that we do during a fasting season to really increase our prayer, to read more scripture, right? To fast, to give alms, to go to more church services. Those were the five things. When we start doing those things more often, the demons are going to show up, right? Because as we've talked about, as you get closer to God, as you begin to take your spiritual life more seriously, the demons take notice and they show up. And what they want us to do when we begin that effort is they want us to stop and to take a seat, to stop trying. They want us to be cowards, And the way we respond to that as men is we show masculine virtue. We show courage, persistence, valor, right? The things that make us strong men. What we have to realize is the enemy wants us to ignore those virtues and to just take a seat and to stop trying. Yeah. You know, something that just came to my mind when you were talking about that is I'm sure an enemy army or an enemy general would love it if his opposing soldiers came into battle without any type of equipment or training. Yeah. I think in the same manner, uh, the Christian going into spiritual warfare, if he goes in unarmed, if he goes in unprepared, his odds don't look very good. Right. And we've talked about the virtues before, you know, fasting, vigil, prayer, attending holy services. And these things really do arm us in the fight. Yeah, those are the weapons we need when we're engaging in spiritual warfare. You know, there's another quote. We have so many quotes to choose from. This one happens to be one of my favorites, and it's a short one. This is from St. Mark the Ascetic on the Spiritual Law 200 Texts from the Philokalia. That's from the Complete Text, Volume 1. Here's the quote. It says, Do not claim to have acquired virtue unless you have suffered affliction. For without affliction, virtue has not been tested. And I know that in a setting where you are in the middle of a war zone, you know, you're being tested constantly. You're being put under intense pressure. You're under affliction from the enemy. So we need to expect that. We need to expect that we're going to be going in for the long haul and that there's going to be struggles and afflictions. But without that, our virtue has not been tested, right? And then it's worthless. Yeah. You know, and I think too, a lot of times we try to attach the virtues to ourselves is kind of an accessory, right? You know, I got, I got the fanciest prayer rule. You know, I, I go to the vigil, (laughs) I go to every service, you know, just, just for the sake of saying these things, 
right? There's another quote from Unseen Warfare. An evident sinner will turn toward good more easily than a secret sinner hiding under the cloak of invisible virtues. Mm. And I think that when we begin to acknowledge our state that we're in, right? Not in a woe is me type of way, but in an honest type of way, right? I am a sinner and I need, I need a savior, right? And I, and I need help through this whole thing. I don't want to be in this hole anymore. I want to keep going forward. I want to press on, right? And war, this type of war is waged ceaselessly and courageously. Yeah, that's right. Right. We don't embark alone. We have the prayers of the saints and the angels are with us. We don't need to be afraid, therefore, because Christ fights with us and for us. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is that I love what you said about not fighting alone, because a lot of people, when they hear spiritual warfare, they also collapse in on themselves and think that it's just a one-on-one situation, right? That it's Mm -hmm. only them by themselves. You know, we have to realize that we're a part of an army, right? In a war, it's usually not fought by just one person against many or one against another person, right? Right. We do have an entire army behind us. You mentioned the saints. You mentioned the angels. We have full church communities. We've been talking about brotherhood for so many episodes. Our brothers in Christ are warriors, that are supposed to be fighting with us. If we're not engaging with them, if we're not with the brotherhood, then we're trying to fight these spiritual battles one-on-one, right? And we've talked about this before. The enemy loves to isolate us to try to pick us off because we've been separated from the group. But when we engage in warfare as a member of an army, then we become more powerful because it's not just us by ourselves and we don't feel so isolated and that it's some insurmountable challenge. You know, a lot of, I think the mentality in this country is we can handle anything ourselves. You know, the devil wants us to think is all we need is ourselves. Right. Or that I have to handle it by myself. Right. And God forbid we go into these spiritual battles with only ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, even when we do our, our prayer rule at home, you know, if, you, if you're doing it, you're the only person in the room, you're not doing it by yourself. Yeah. Right. When you're saying these prayers, the saints are praying with you, right? Christ hears your prayers, you know. Uh, another thing that this brings to mind is when I was reading Unseen Warfare, uh, this verse from Deuteronomy came to mind. It's Deuteronomy twenty three fourteen. For the Lord thy God walketh in the midst of thy camp to deliver thee and to give up thine enemies before thee. Therefore shall thy camp be holy, that he see no unclean thing in thee and turn away from thee. Mm. You know, we might be wounded in this fight, but he walks in the midst of our camp. And by no means does that mean that we're to give up, right? He's there. We might be inches away from falling down and he's there, right? But if we do fall... We rise up and we repent again. We pray again. We press on. We don't let those thoughts bog us down where we're at. We need to obviously acknowledge it, but it doesn't keep us there. Yeah. And you know, a beautiful image that came to mind as you were talking is, you know, there's a lot of movies and a lot of stories of of real true events that have happened in warfare with the army or with the Marines, where there's this concept of, we don't leave a man behind, Mm -hmm. right? No man left behind. And that really is very transferable over to this spiritual warfare discussion, because when we're in a brotherhood, when we have, 
you know, our brothers in Christ who are going through a really tough time. You know, it's our job to be there for those brothers, to pray for them, to come alongside them, to maybe be that person to talk to, to let them know it's going to get better. Mm -hmm. Right. And we are there for them. We are there to fight alongside them. I think a lot of men are missing that. I think we have been isolated and separated from each other, you know, whether it's because of COVID or just because of, you know, Western culture, American culture, to think that we should be able to just overcome anything ourselves by ourselves. And we've we've brought this theme up so many times in past podcast episodes, but, you know, having other men out there to fight alongside you, you know, those are the the stories from war and even movies have been made over these these kinds of stories that are very inspiring because we need each other, right? We talked about, we were made in the image of God. We were made to be in communion with each other. And when we're all facing a common enemy, which in this case is demons, we need each other more than ever. And the demons want us to try to attack them individually. But when we attack within the body of Christ together, you know, in a synergistic way, we're all doing our part. The demons really don't stand a chance. Yeah. You know, when you were, when you were talking about movies, you know, that, that kind of document these stories of heroism, these stories of no man left behind, there's two that come to mind, uh, Saving Private Ryan and Hacksaw Ridge. Have you seen Hacksaw Ridge? I haven't seen Hacksaw Ridge, but Saving Private Ryan is one of my favorites. I was actually going to refer to that movie. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll focus on Hacksaw then. So, uh, it's about a man named Desmond Dawes, who was a pacifist during World War II. Uh, he was a Seventh-day Adventist, lived in Virginia, um, and he was serving in the Pacific Theater. In, he was at the Battle of Okinawa, and he went back after his uh, troops kind of pulled back, and he went to save the lives of nearly 100 wounded infantrymen up on Hacksaw Ridge. Mm. And every single time he'd go, he would pray, Lord, please give me one more. Every single time he went back. And this this is a story of heroism. This is a story of a man risking everything for his brother, right? Risking getting killed, never coming back, all of that. Yeah. Right? And, and I think every time we engage in our own warfare, there is a risk involved, right? It could be easy to... Frankly, it could be easy to choose the cowardly way out and just try to <laughs> ignore it by our own power, by our own strength. But <laughs> that's, that's really not the option. Yeah, I'm going to have to see that movie, Bryce. But when I was thinking of Saving Private Ryan, what really kind of came to the forefront of my mind was, again, the brotherhood that was involved when you were, for example, the scene uh, for D-Day, right? Mm -hmm. When all the troops were together in those boats and they were headed towards the beach, right? And and that's that's the kind of warfare that, you know, fortunately almost all of us have never had to even think about. You know, I know our, our military has a lot of brave men and women who go into battle and who've had to fight in places like Afghanistan or Iraq over the last, you know, few decades. But but thinking about back in World War II, warfare was completely different then. And when they were headed to the beach at D-Day, you know, machine guns up on the beachhead shooting down I remember the scene where those boats, right, the ramp kind of goes down and mm -hmm. there were men who got shot before they even got out of the boat, yeah. right? And you just knew that was going to happen in those boats. You just knew that that could happen. Yet those men rushed the beach. 
And even knowing that so many of them were going to get wiped out by machine gun fire, the courage, the valor, the sacrifice, the understanding that they were fighting for something much greater than themselves. You know, these kinds of themes, I think this is why a lot of war movies become so popular, especially among men and those who have served in the armed forces. You know, these are things that you just, you never see such an extreme situation like that usually in your lifetime. And when you go back and study these courageous men that stormed the beach at Normandy and the just overwhelming enemy force that they were going up against, you know, for them, this was a matter of honor, right? This was a matter of fighting for their country, for their families at home. And their lives weren't necessarily the top priority anymore because there were so many of them that if they themselves didn't reach the top of that beachhead, their brother might. So that even just going there and potentially being one of the first to die could be a shield for the brother behind him that could storm the beach and get ahead, right? To literally overwhelm them in numbers. And this talks to the importance of brotherhood. You know, we've you know, there's even a series called Band of Brothers, right? And the importance of brotherhood that comes out of these stories is so important to talk about how we go into battles, how we go into war. And there's really no difference when it comes to spiritual warfare in terms of these virtues that are necessary, the courage, the valor, the honor that's necessary. And we just simply don't even think this way anymore when it comes to war, because so much of it is now drone strikes. It's so disconnected from what was a very nitty gritty hand to hand combat situation that used to happen, such as in World War II. What you said, Michael, made me think of a quote from St. Silouan, a very simple quote, you know, my brother is my life, right? Yeah. And in that, you know, you're, you're kind of stepping up into something different and it is greater than yourself. You know, our, the spiritual advisor to the Antiochian men, Father Hans, you know, he said that the way to learn who you are is to help another. And, you know, I've seen this in my own life and this is not to prop myself up as some kind of great guy, you know, not some kind of uh, boastful person, but being there for my friends, when they needed it, you know, one of my best friends came into the church about a year and a half ago and being there for him when he had questions, being there for him to introduce him to the community, that meant a lot, you know, and, and when I first came in, there were people there who really valued me for who I was. They knew where I was at, you know, and, and they wanted to bring me along for something much, much better. Yeah, you know, Bryce, this topic of spiritual warfare is such a big one, and we knew that it was going to take more than one episode to to kind of talk about it. But in really conclusion for this this first part of our episode, you know, thinking about this is war as the title, we have to really take a step back and realize that we really are warring with demons, and it is on a daily basis. You know, it's very easy to just get swept away by what we've called in past episodes the mundane parts of life. But in our last episode, we put forward that there really is nothing that is truly mundane and that these spiritual battles, they really happen on a daily basis. And we have to embrace the fact that this is war, right? That this is something that is serious. You know, this is not just games. We're not walking through life thinking that, you know, we're going to get a do-over, Our life is our battlefield. When we encounter thoughts that are 
evil thoughts. We have to fight back and not let those land and take root because it can really affect us and it can cause us to make some very, very serious mistakes. We can become very destructive. We have to take responsibility for our potential to be destructive. And we have to fight that tendency to embrace the evil thoughts that we're assailed by on a daily basis. You know, in a past episode, we talked about the concept of the noose and the fact that our brain is not just a computer in a box, that thoughts aren't necessarily generated from ourselves. So if we really think about the battlefield as starting with the thoughts that are coming into our head, and we start realizing that this is war, then we have to actively push back against those thoughts, prevent those airplanes from landing, and in essence, start fortifying our defenses to shoot down those airplanes and to not let them take root and to cause us to go down a very dark path. You know, often an evil thought will take root and it will grow and it will grow and we'll start doing things that we never thought we would ever do. So we really have to engage in warfare. We can't treat this as some kind of a game. You know, war is not a game. War is real. And the spiritual battles that we encounter on a daily basis, they must be fought and they must be won. I think that being active is the main thing that we really, really want to focus on to begin with. You know, when I first began reading Unseen Warfare, about a week and a half ago, the first thing that stood out to me was understanding that these thoughts will come to us, but we can equip ourselves from the moment we wake for when they're coming. You know, there are times of the day when we may be weaker, times of the night, times when we may be on our phones all day or consumed in media or consumed in our interactions with other people. These things can enter our minds. But I think like a forest fire, it can start with one spark. One tiny ember on some dry leaves and the whole thing up in smoke. But we have the power to walk along and see that and stamp it out and begin there. Unfortunately, sometimes we're going to miss that ember. Sometimes we're going to wait until it turns into a bonfire or it's already consumed half the forest before we decide to put it out. But the advantage that we have is that we can always run to protection. We can say, Lord, I can't do this by myself. I need your help. And I think that with our whole heart involved, I think with our whole effort involved, as we mentioned before, absolutely, we're going to fall. You know, I fall every day. But I think the main difference is you don't fall and you don't stay. You'll fall and you need to get back up. And so our hope going forward is that when, you know, when we fall, we're always going to stand back up and we're always going to try again and repent again, go back to the start and find out what happened and to keep pressing forward. Well, that's our show for today. We look forward to our next episode where we plan to go even deeper into this topic of spiritual warfare. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Coming Out of Chaos. And please remember to check out our website at antiochianmen.org to learn more about our organization. We also have many videos available that can be found on that website as well as on our Amen YouTube channel. 
Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. So be sure to follow us on the platform of your choice. We would also appreciate a positive review if the platform allows you to do so. Please share this podcast with your friends and help us to spread the word about it. Thank you to everyone who has been sending us some great feedback on our podcast episodes. If anyone would like to send us feedback, just send us an email to amendomse at gmail.com. That's A-M-E-N-D-O-M-S-E at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you if you have any questions or comments for us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.